Can we have a hope that is more than empty platitudes and blind optimism? Hope is a word which I think we've all become accustomed to hearing a lot more frequently recently. Our social media feeds are filled with it, and self-help books proclaim it as the key to life. However, I must confess that I have long struggled with the elevation of hope in today's world. It seems to be asserted without being defined or demonstrated. What is hope? Why should we hope? This trend therefore seems to me to raise more questions than it answers. However, my faith tells me that I must concern myself with hope, as it is one of the three most important qualities, along with faith and love. However, after much contemplation, I believe that the Christian tradition can uniquely help us here, as it brings a distinctive voice to our discussion of hope. Now, to live realistically, we must simply accept that the world, while it has much beauty, also contains some horror, which we must confront head-on. This is hard, as our immediate instinct is to flee from all suffering. It never occurs to us that there may be things worth suffering for. As Friedrich Nietzsche once pointed out, he who has a why can endure any how. St Paul tells us that God's power can be made perfect in weakness, that we can miraculously magnify God's glory in our greatest flaws and vulnerabilities. But in the more raw midst of pain, how can we possibly have any hope? How can we remain rooted in something deeper than our circumstance? How can we transcend the passing moment and even the foreseeable future of coronavirus uncertainty? The Christian God sustains us with glimpses of himself. We find these glimpses in nature's beauty, in selflessness, in the care of key workers and the love of family and friends. Here we see Jesus, the embodiment of love, at work. We can sustain our hope by anchoring ourselves and what we value and desire in him who provides all and is always present with us, even when we fear and doubt and even when we don't spot his handiwork. He is our rock, our salvation and our very present help in this time of trouble. He is always working, be it in full view, be it obvious or be it behind the scenes in a more discreet way. Sometimes he is working so much change in our lives that we cannot see the wood through the trees, therefore failing to see his activity because of the busyness of our lives. Sometimes, because our lives are so full of change, we forget God's activity. We see the details and the mundane every day, but miss the bigger overarching picture. You see, as Tim Keller notes, we are like trees in a tornado. We seem to be all over the place and have no control of our lives, forgetting that we will never be uprooted because our foundations are so deeply rooted in God, the giver of all life. This is what should give us hope. This is reliable, genuine, authentic hope, which gives life and life in all its fullness. This hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, as Romans chapter 5, verses 3 to 5 tells us. Now, many presume that Christian hope is nothing more than waiting to flee the world and escape to a place called heaven, an evacuation theology, if you like. Such a hope would be a gospel of abandonment and future intimacy.
Christian hope is actually the exact opposite of this philosophy. It is the radical idea that God does not lead his children around hardship, but leads them straight through hardship. And amidst that hardship, he is nearer to them than ever before, as Otto de Balius put it. Hans Urs von Balthasar once proclaimed, It is not about detaching oneself from the transitory things in order to flee into some real or supposed eternity, but conversely about sowing the seeds of eternity into the field of the world and letting the kingdom of God spring up. We cannot bypass suffering. We must endure it while gloriously knowing that it does not have the final word. It is a comma rather than a full stop. The imperfect world we live in is neither defined by its brokenness nor its beauty, but instead by its mysterious combination of both side by side. Now if God were to abruptly whisk away his followers from the world at their deaths, we would have to ask why he chose to create the world in the first place. Was it a wise decision? Did it have foresight? Or was it a mistake or the result of a passing arbitrary whim? No, it was an intentional, loving choice which would ultimately lead to the world's culmination, fulfilment and perfection through God's renewal. As Balthazar again puts it, our worldly life with all of its decisions is not a pure here and now followed by the reward or punishment of an eternal beyond as a second existence. Rather, the two are one. One is the reverse of the other. Time is concealed eternity, and eternity is revealed time. That is why we should have hope.